Warning, the following message may be offensive to some audiences. These audiences may include, but are not limited to, professing Christians who never read their Bible, sissies, sodomites, men with man buns, those who approve of men with man buns, man bun enablers, white knights for men with man buns, homemakers who have finished Netflix but don't know how to meal plan, and people who refer to their pets as fur babies. Viewer discretion is advised. People are tired of hearing nothing but doom and despair on the radio. The message of Christianity is that salvation is found in Christ alone, and any who reject Christ, therefore, forfeit any hope of salvation, any hope of heaven. The issue is that humanity is in sin, and the wrath of Almighty God is hanging over our heads. They will hear his words, they will not act upon them, and when the floods of divine judgment, when the fires of wrath come, they will be consumed and they will perish. God wrapped himself in flesh, condescended, and became a man, died on the cross for sin, was resurrected on the third day, has ascended to the right hand of the Father, where he sits now to make intercession for us. Jesus is saying there is a group of people who will hear his words, they will act upon them, and when the floods of divine judgment come in that final day, their house will stand. Welcome to Bible Bash, where we aim to equip the saints for the works of ministry by answering the questions you're not allowed to ask. We're your host, Harrison Kerrig and Pastor Tim Mullet, and today we'll seek to answer the age-old question, is sending your children to public school child abuse? Now, I think this is one of those subjects where I'm going to be um, uniquely qualified to be able to <laughs> contribute to our discussion, and you as well, Tim, because we have, we have both been involved in the public school in the public school system and well actually i say that did you did you go to public school yeah yeah man okay you did oh I, oh that's I right home, i was homeschooled for a little bit and then uh, went to a private school and then most of my uh, childhood went to public school oh that that's right because you you played um uh, basketball and stuff like that right uh, uh, okay yeah so we're we're going to be uniquely qualified to be able to speak to the subject um so now, if you do, if you don't know, uh, public schooling has has in my, in my opinion has been a subject that has um, come under fire recently with a lot of the uh, with a lot of developments that have been going on over the last several years. But Tim, has it always been this way and uh, that way? And I've just never noticed where there's a lot of people pushing back on the idea of even going to public school in the first place, um, or or is this a relatively new? development that's that's gained a lot of popularity over the last few years yeah i mean growing up in the church we had our own homeschool versus public school versus you know private school kind of uh, debates along those lines and so i'm i remember you know listening to those kind of arguments um you know i think as a person who went to public school we had certain arguments that we made to you know um talk about the validity of doing that uh, so this was a live conversation growing up i think one of the things that you're noticing is that those arguments that have been made for years as it relates to these subjects there's a substantial movement of people who are no longer finding them persuasive you know whether mm -hmm. you're talking about christians or you're talking about um you know popular conservative voices out there like individuals like matt walsh or things like that and so i think there is a lot of anti-public school rhetoric that is um you know 
being put forward, particularly as it relates to individuals in the Reformed Christian world at this point, considering where we're at in history. And so I think it's a it's a topic that's been discussed for many years now, and I think uh, you're finding yourself in a moment where uh, you have a lot more people who are essentially um, calling into question the project of sending your kids to public school at this point now. So, so what's your opinion? Is it abuse to send your kids to public school? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I want to register my uh, personal distaste for the word abuse because I, okay. again, you know, and I've done this at various points because I, I don't know that that word is entirely clear. But then it does make for a good podcast title, so we'll leave it. We'll we'll leave it there for <laughs> for the sake of that. But uh, meaning, I, I don't I don't precisely know what we're talking about when we're using the term abuse in general. And you know, abuse can is a word that has such a broad semantic domain that you know it, I don't know that it's always entirely helpful. But then you know to get to the broader point. Right now, at our point in history and our location in the globe and everything else, is sending your children to public school child abuse, meaning like abuse as a stipulated term by to mean something that is uh, harmful to your kids, whether you're talking about something like physically harmful or you, whether you're talking about harmful to their formation as Christians, you know, harmful to their formation uh, of their character, that, that sort of thing. I would say that certainly... Um, my, my position would be that sending your kids to public school is, uh, doing more harm than good at the very least, you know? Um, so yeah, I I think it's a form of child abuse for sure. Okay. So what exactly is harmful about it? I mean, what, what's the matter with public school that would make, that would make you say like, Hey, it's akin to abusing a child is causing harm to a child. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't even know where to start, you know. <laughs> try, try, I mean, the difficulty is I don't know where to start trying to answer a question along those right. lines. Um, and maybe it'd be helpful just to think in terms of um, some of the arguments that we made growing up and, you know, thought about growing up. And, I mean, these are arguments that I thought were sufficient and acceptable. Uh, but, you know, I, I graduated in 2000, so right um I guess I'm the first millennial class as far as that goes, uh, mm-hmm. meaning that, you know, I graduated high school at the millennium. Uh, but then, um, yeah, I, I think there's, you know, growing up, uh, going to public school, I think, you know, there's there's obviously dangers of going to public school that I face growing up. I, I mean, I think when you put a bunch of hormone-ridden kids you know, in close proximity to one another. And, you know, uh, there are certain things that are obviously um, not helpful to uh, an individual that are related to just temptations, you know, with members of the opposite sex and, you know, pressure to enter into certain relationships and just, you know, garden variety, uh, lust and temptation and those sorts of things that are pervasive and and there's a lot of pressure you know growing up and so you know growing up i think that there were temptations largely along those areas um the uh anti-god kind of worldview in the public school system when i was going to school wasn't as uh in your face as it is right now uh but it was certainly there i mean we'd have teachers that would bring up the topic of you know um God and religion, but it wasn't just this wholesale assault on it at every single point. I, I, w- I would say that, um, you know, re- 
uh, going along the lines of like sexual temptation and things along those lines being significant factors growing up, uh, there's also, uh, I, I think, the worldview, you know, and a lot of people don't realize that the uh, worldview of these secular educators are, uh, it's problematic in a variety of reasons. And I think we talked about this in different episodes uh, with just the whole follow your heart kind of worldview that, uh, you know, we're here to be happy, like happiness is the purpose of our existence. And, and you know, when you live and breathe in a, you know, um, situation uh, and are being taught in a educational environment that really doesn't share all the same assumptions that you share and you know it has a dramatically different worldview and a different perspective of the earth i mean i think a lot of things that we were prepared for we were prepared for interacting with um the um you know our science teachers on the subject of evolution to some degree uh, but then a lot of the philosophy that undergirded the entire educational project we were were probably not um taught as well of but i mean i think there were arguments that were made at that point that that I, you know, I would say at different parts of my life, I found more persuasive than I do nowadays, uh, mm-hmm. so to speak. And so, I mean, I, I think the general arguments that we were um, making during those days were just, you know, if you if you take your kids out of public school, then they're going to end up like you, you know, you're, you're Christians are supposed to be salt and light in the fallen world, right? And if you take right. kids out, then just it's just going to get worse, and we're going to lose it our preservative effect. And so those were, that was one argument that was commonly made. Another argument that was commonly made was essentially the argument that, um, you know, kids need to be socialized. And so, you know, and I think growing up that I looked at kids who were like homeschooled or private schooled and (laughs) things along those lines. (laughs) And, uh, I thought that they were somewhat, um, dorky you know if i want to put it in a crass kind of way and the reason why i thought they were somewhat dorky is because they you know weren't aware of all the dirty jokes that everyone was telling and you know they didn't understand all the same pop cultural references and you know essentially that's what socialization meant was this pervasive kind of immaturity and you know crassness and everything else and so you know i think i i i I understood those arguments. I I probably accepted those arguments a little bit growing up, but I I do think that, you know, I don't think that they were good arguments then. And then now thinking about just the trajectory of public education in general in our country and where things are going right now. I mean, there are like much more like as serious as those temptations that I'm talking about were for me. And it seems like uh, there are much greater you know, areas of danger now to where we're not even like you, you have to kind of you have to revisit those arguments from the past to begin with and ask, were they good to begin with? But then mm-hmm. you also have to consider, you know, where we're at right now, you know, right. in terms of, um, you know, <laughs> right now, like, I mean, before the danger was that, you know, you would um, it, like there's all the uh, problems that come from just you know, the standard person, you know, and I wasn't a person who just had like, you know, girlfriend and you know, girlfriend after girlfriend after girlfriend in high school. And I, you know, we, we were taught to avoid those kind of things, but there's still temptations along those lines. But then, you know, the danger then was, you know, premarital sex was something that was being normalized growing up for me. Right. Yeah. To, yeah. to where, 
like, um, you know, there was an expectation, you know, prom night that everyone would, you know, go and party and do all sorts of things like that. And I think parents could protect their kids from, you know, party culture and that kind of stuff to some degree. But then now, like, I mean, the dangers are that you're going to be brainwashed into thinking that you're a member of the opposite gender and then have, you know, um, school officials essentially uh, encouraging you to pursue legal emancipation from your parents and and then have a government funded, you know, sterilization that is um, that you're to undertake because, you you know, there are now uh, fads and pressures that are associated with just I mean, many girls like right now are tempted towards transgenderism as a fad. And it's just, if you look at the statistics on it, it's pretty crazy, like how common this actually is and the gender fluidity nonsense and all that. And, you know, and I think just, uh, you know, growing up, we didn't grow up as kids, like it really, um, like social media wasn't a thing. And so, you know, whatever happened at public school kind of stayed at school, you know, and then you can have an escape from that. And now, you have individuals who ha- are basically just, you know, facing constant pressure. And, you know, I, I dislike the term bullying in general for other reasons. But, I mean, there is a reality that there are kids who get picked on by other sinful kids. And it doesn't end when they leave the classroom and mm-hmm. everything else. And so there's a lot of, like, there, there's a lot of issues right now. And, you know. Yeah, you school- can, talk, talking, I'm, I don't mean to cut you off, but I was thinking about this, you know. Even as it relates to, like, uh, the you know public school shootings that have been happening, I mean, it <laughs> seems like just even sending your sending your kids to public school, they refuse to protect them in the way that's necessary, right? When, so, when a school shooting does, I mean, I don't want to over, I don't want to exaggerate the like statistical danger right. of being shot in public school, but then, like, there are like those cases are on the rise and then i think they're on the rise in part due to the fact that so many kids are you know basically addicted to all these psychotropic drugs and everything else so that's in part but then the responses when these school shootings actually happen don't um, leave you uh, very encouraged and that's kind right. of your point yeah along those lines and so like they're like you know school shootings for me growing up weren't really a thing you know but, but I, I think um they're definitely on the rise, but they're definitely rare, you know. Well, the, the the problem that I'm mainly bringing up is not the quantity of it's the response, of them, right? It's the response, which is to say, you know, we're not going to basically. I mean, we've talked about this before in a in a um, different episode, but basically, this idea that you know, like we know they happen, right? But then they refuse they refuse to. I mean. Um, you know, give teachers the ability to defend themselves and their students or give principals or whatever. And on top of that, they're ad, they're basically advertising that, you know, yeah, gun free zone. They're gun free zone. So, you know, yeah, there's that. And then, uh, yeah, th- there's that recent school shooting that happened. I can't remember the one that actually happened, but then the police officers were not allowed to go in and stop the, the threat. You know, they mm-hmm. had to sit there and wait for, you know, uh, an unreasonably long time and while you know you have an active shooter on the scene so that's a little bit disturbing too for sure right right so but anyways keep keep going well the 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 issue is yeah uh the the, the broader question is is it is it wrong or is it sinful what is what is the broader question you, oh i was i was just asking you what is um 
what were the issues that you saw, you know, and, and so for you, it was a lot of, you know, it was certain things growing up, but then, um, now, you know, here in, you know, 2022, it seems like you've got to revisit a lot of these issues and ask yourself, were they, were the, you know, issues that, the, yeah, the arguments that you heard growing up, were they, um, did they have any, yeah. yeah, yeah. Were they sufficient? And then, you know, in con, <laughs> you know, in context of modern, you know, 2022, do we see that even more or are we, are we just now getting to the point? Yeah. I don't know that we're just now getting to the point. I think we've, we've lost a generation of, you know, we, we've lost generations of kids to the public school system. And it's, and it's pretty funny because conservatives are the one that are generally having more kids than those on the left. Right. But then those, so we're, we're outbreeding the left, but then the problem is that you send your kids to public school and they turn out like the left. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so yeah, we're, you we're go to school and you get taught how to, how to, um, be a racist and be a socialist. <laughs> yeah, to repent of your white privilege and to be right. a socialist. And I mean, it's funny. I mean, uh, you know, Luke six forty says, a "Disciple is not above his teacher, uh, but when everyone is fully trained, he will be like his teacher." And and I think you know the uh, the left has taken over the public education system and has done so for a while, and they they're winning. You know, <laughs> so like they're demonstrably winning. Like that's I guess it's it's just overwhelmingly the case that you know. Like this idea that you can send your kid who knows nothing about anything to be taught by a bunch of pagans who are taking over by, you know, radical left leftist uh, activist agendas that somehow that they're going to be able to stand firm, you know, when they're being brainwashed so thoroughly across the board in areas that like, you're not even aware of. Right. Like, I mean, the issue is, no, it doesn't matter how like it doesn't matter how involved you are as a parent. You simply do not know all the ways in which your kids are being brainwashed, right? You know, actively, right. yeah. Just, I mean, there. The I mean, I've seen plenty of things online where teachers are, you know, putting up posters and whatnot that say like they want they will not tell your parents, you know, if you want <laughs> to join certain clubs that are going to teach you um, all about like LGBTQ whatever. But yeah, and that's something that really I think you're asking. Why is it now that so many people are outraged? Well, part of why why it's happening now that so many people are outraged by it is because you know Trump essentially went to war against uh, critical race theory in the public school systems, and I think that politicized the issue. But I think that that was a good thing. I was think, I think that that's one of the best things that he did in his presidency was to raise awareness about what was actually going on. And then that caused a lot of individuals to realize that like their kids are being indoctrinated as socialists. And then, you know, during the, you know, the, the fake pandemic and all that, um, you, you have like all the zoom classes and then you would have, you know, these teachers who were essentially like now you have parents who are seeing what, their kids are being taught and scandalized by what they're being taught. Right. And then, you know, the educators on those end are basically trying to prevent the parents from understanding, you know, uh, what they're actually being taught. And so I think that the, you know, general population trust in the public education system due to some of these recent events is at an all time low in general. But then, like, the issue is this this has just been going on for years. And, and I think if you look at the, the culture and you look at the society, I mean, the, the institutions have been taken over from top to bottom by the left. And there like, there really is a hostile, 
like you know the university system is a hostile in general and then just public education system in general is actively hostile to you know the political right and you know anything that would constitute a religious worldview so we're in a society right now that is you know throwing over the side of the boat all vestiges of a christian worldview as fast as we possibly can and embracing you know radical secularism and in and so you know i i, I think largely like you're just you're looking at a losing proposition and in and, and it really doesn't take a lot of rocket science to i mean it doesn't take a rocket scientist to see that you know the school systems are overtaken by the left and like they're like they're winning they're teaching our kids like the conservatives are having the kids they're handing them over to the left to brainwash them and then they end up like what happens is they end up you know being uh, useful tools for the left and then like you know for about half the population or so they once they get a job once they settle down you know once they get in their mid-30s then they go back to uh, a lot of them start taking more of a conservative bent towards at least economic kind of issues because they right. realize you know what it's like to pay taxes and things <laughs> <Yeah>. like that <laughs> welcome and to the real world <laughs> welcome to the real world but then you know still their worldview has been fundamentally compromised in a wide variety of ways uh, due to their upbringing and education so i just i, I think it's um you know i just talking in generalities i i do think you know, some of these things that have happened recently should cause us to revisit some of those arguments in the past and ask, were they good then? And, you know, what, you know, so part of it's a pragmatic question, like what's actually happening, right? And what's, yeah. I mean, and it's obvious what's happening. I mean, you, you can have, uh, I mean, you know, just thinking about it as it relates to the church, I mean, it's obvious what's happening. You have, you know, individuals who, you know, they raise their kids in the church their whole life and they go to youth group in order to be entertained predominantly. And then they, you know, they, they're being secularized by the school system. And, you know, the public school system has, has, has their kids for more hours than parents do. Right. And so you, I mean, they do, and they have way more influence than parents have. And that's, you know, it's just, and then they end up turning out to be, you know, communist and, you know, leftist and liberals and, you know, uh, and then, you know, embracing like, just this significant societal madness as it relates to all these things. And then, then, you know, big surprise, they leave the church in their, you know, in their college years and never come back. And it's like, well, where do you think this started? You know? So <laughs> yeah. like, uh, what, do, what do you think? Where, where did this come from? You know? And it, and I, I think, you know, in an anecdotal way, it's obviously the public school system, you know, but then we do have to think through some of the biblical issues involved in that. And some of the Bible passages that talk about this and, you know, have that kind of discussion about what are we doing and you need to challenge this basic assumption that it's just okay to you know hand your kids over to be educated by pagans and their whole upbringing you know mm-hmm. so basically your your understanding then is that really i mean it's been a problem public schooling has been an issue for a long time but then now it's gotten so bad that it's basically irredeemable is, is that what you're saying? Yeah, I would say that that's probably true. I mean, I, I would say also, though, that, um, like, there is this assumption that, like, part of the, the issue with secularism is that there is an assumption of neutrality as if, like, education is neutral. And so I think one of the things that's happened is, like, when we were living in a time which, you know, had a lot of shared assumptions, you know, so, I mean, growing up, <laughs> growing up, like, 
like living with your boyfriend wasn't a thing that showed up on TV, right? <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah. Like, or, you know, living with your girlfriend, like that isn't the kind of thing that showed up in the sitcoms that we watched growing up. And so like largely the world I grew up under, like still for irrational reasons, it was, it had embraced secularism, but then it still had a lot of shared assumptions with the Christian worldview that like fornication was taboo. It was somewhat wrong. And, you know, um, that doesn't mean that people didn't give themselves over to it. It's just, you still had a category for it. And, and so, you know, growing up, like there was a lot of assumptions there that uh, we shared, but then now we're, we're basically, you know, going downhill at breakneck speed. <laughs> like we're, we're just tossing a Christian worldview over the edge. And so these, like this lack of shared foundation is becoming more pronounced. But I mean, the issue is like, you know, like there have been, like there is no neutrality and education is not neutral. And like, there's this lie. I guess a lie. If you think that you can just, um, like you can come up with some kind of neutral form of education. Like the issue is it's going to, like it's either you're going to have a God centered education or you're going to have some other idol that's taking the place of God. And inherently that's compromised to some degree. And so like, I think it's a project that has always been doomed to fail, particularly if, once the logic of the project is that education has to be secular. And it, that wasn't always the case. I mean, it wasn't always the case that education had, you had to keep God out of education and you had to try to come up with this neutral kind of education. I mean, the, the issue is there is no neutrality and education is not neutral and it's either, you know, God or a different idol uh, or, or a, an idol at, at that point. And so, but I, but I think growing up, it was, I mean, the, the dangers weren't as pronounced as what they are now, but then, you know, growing up, there was still the same seeds of everything that we see now. And like what we see now is a logical end of, uh, you know, the things that were happening when I was growing up. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And it it was a project doomed to fail from the start, you know, and it's just been slowly dying, slowly dying, you know, over the years. And then, you know, at this point now we're in the, you know, the stage where the cancer has metastasized essentially, and it's just a dumpster fire all around. Yeah. And, you know, that reminds me of, um, when, when I was younger and I, you know, I was in public school, obviously I went to public school my entire life. Uh, well, I mean, I guess not my entire life, but pretty much my entire life. Um, like 95%. And, um, uh, you know, one of the things I, I heard a lot, was you, you the people who were public schooling i mean uh, who were um like homeschooling and stuff instead of public schooling typically they were the more you know um they were christians overall and right. one of the critiques i always heard and that and that i made too sometimes um was like like number one, like they're going to be weird because they, you know, they were homeschooled, <laughs> so they're going to be weird now, socially. But then also, um, you you're basically brainwashing them, right? Because you're trying to protect them from the evil public school that wants to teach them whatever, um, yes, you know, witchcraft, witchcraft, or, yeah. or you know, what, whatever you're whatever you're saying they're going to, whatever you're saying they're going to teach. Um, so you're you're basically like you're trying to protect them. Uh, and, and at the time I thought it was in a negative way because I thought number one, 
they're going to be so sheltered that when they get out in the real world, there's going to be like a big culture shock and then they're just going to go crazy. But then two, I also thought it was a bit of a, like um, you're, you're brainwashing them into Christianity. Like you're not giving them a choice really when it comes to believing in Christianity, Christianity or not. They need to see the other options before they uh, make a decision. And that, and I think, you know, obviously, like, I wasn't the only one saying that. That was a pretty common, you know, pushback to homeschooling at the time. Um, but what's interesting is I thought that for so long. And, and this isn't what, you know, um, this isn't what convinced me of my position when it comes to public schooling and homeschooling. But it was very confirming to see over the last few years how um, <laughs> they public school is basically – the left and progressives are trying to push specific ideologies through public schooling as a method of like essentially brainwashing you. Right. So they, and, and then on top of that, they're also actively trying to hide it from uh, parents. They're trying to take control away from parents by saying, Hey, if you're a student and you don't think your parents are going to be accepting of these views that we're teaching you, then there's ways to get around that. Um, and so so it was confirming for me to see, oh, they're basically just doing exactly what they said was going to be really bad if you did it. Yeah, I mean, you know, education is about trying to brainwash someone in some sense. I mean, <laughs> like, I mean, if you don't embrace like full-on moral relativism, right, mm-hmm. then you believe that there is such a thing as truth. Right, yeah, yeah. And so like the goal of instruction at that point is to teach individuals what you believe is true right so if there is a category for truth and then you're trying to brainwash them you're trying to teach yeah i mean you are trying to teach them how to think you know and teach them what is right you know as far as that goes and so unless you've just adopted some kind of principled agnosticism but all education is essentially trying to instruct people okay right the difference between right and wrong to some degree right And, and so uh, and it's almost, I mean, it's an inescapable concept. That's what you're trying to do. I mean, that's what Hitler was trying to do with his public education system <laughs> is to teach everyone how to be good Nazis. So, I mean, that's like the issue is like secularists are doing that. You know, everyone's trying to do that. That's what you're, and we shouldn't like, um, like if you think that the purpose of education is just to present every idea as if it's purely neutral and there's no such thing as objective reality. You've never read the Bible before. So, yeah, Christians, you know, should be unashamedly trying to brainwash their kids. Just like, you mm-hmm. know, I don't I don't really fault the secularists for trying to brainwash kids either. Like, the issue is mm-hmm. I, fault, I fault them for what they're brainwashing them with, what they're trying to brainwash them with. What do, you, what do you mean you don't fault them for trying to brainwash? Well, I just, I just mean, like, <laughs> like, this idea of education as a form of trying to brainwash someone that's just somewhat of an irrational idea is all i'm saying okay okay. like meaning if we're teaching someone right and wrong like like you can have two postures of education you can have a posture of education that basically says that i'm just a neutral teacher who's just presenting all sides of every issue fairly and it's up to you to figure out what you believe it to be right mm-hmm. well no one's doing that like, i mean very few yeah people definitely not with the with the LGBTQ stuff. There is no like, hey, this could be wrong or it could be right. You know, there's none of that. It just is a fact as far as they're concerned. So it's demanded of Christians that Christians teach that way. Let me just 
like take a neutral posture, present you with all fa- available options, and then you know it's up to you to decide because I wouldn't want to impose my religion or worldview upon you. So that's the demand that Christians take. But then the left is not taking that posture. They're basically saying, you know, uh, you must embrace my view of economics. You must embrace my view of gender and sexuality because it's right. And, it's, it's absolutely right. And anyone who disagrees with it is absolutely Hitler and everything else. And so like what I'm trying to say is like, well, I don't fault them for believing in something and trying to influence other people with that belief. I fault them for like the content of what they're doing. <laughs> right, okay. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like meaning like I do, I, I, I think, you know, this idea that education must be neutral, presenting all sides equally and refusing to take a stand. I just think that's nonsense. I mean, like, you know, I want my, you know, math teachers to dogmatically try to impose upon me <laughs> the rules of mathematics and brainwash uh-huh. me into thinking that two plus two equals four and that two plus two does not equal five because that would be wrong in order that we can have a society that actually works. Okay. Right. Right. So like, so all I'm trying to say is, yeah, I, I, that kind of art, like that kind of logic, you know, that Christian, like you have to keep, you know, Christianity out of religion so you don't try to brainwash people. It's like, well, that, what what is education, man? Like, what are we trying to do? If not, do you mean Christianity to, out of public school? Yeah, yeah, okay. public school or education in general. Like, like, what are we, what are we doing other than we are trying to teach what is right? You know, we should be trying to teach what is right, right, and the difference between right and wrong, and you know. Basically, that. training up a child in the way that they should go, right? So that when they're older, they do not depart, you know? Right. So if right. you call that brainwashing, then whatever. Okay, it's brainwashing. I, okay. Mm-hmm. I, I don't care. But, you know, we're going to do it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, so with all that being said, you know, there's a lot There's a lot of really, really, I mean, to put it lightly, concerning things going on in the public education system in the U.S. right now. Another um, argument that uh, I heard from a lot of Christians, and and even now some, I don't I don't know that I hear it as much anymore, but uh, I heard it a lot growing up from Christian families was this idea of um, basically wanting to send their kids to public school um, to be Missionary like you were saying. Yeah, salt and light earlier. They they want to send their kids to public school to be missionaries. So, uh, looking at the state of public school now, do you think that that's a legitimate um, argument to be made for public school? Like, hey, it's all right. We all know it's bad, but we need to send our kids there so that they can be missionaries and try and get someone out. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it strikes me as just a ridiculous proposition in general. Like um, when you okay, think about it. Okay, why is that? Now, I, I think a lot of these arguments. Let, let me just register this, and then we can maybe return to it a little bit. I mean, I think a lot of these arguments are just—they're not getting at the real motivation to send kids to public school. They're just trying to explain the math. Does that make sense? Okay. Like meaning, like I don't, I don't think. I don't think anyone, I don't, or very few people, are ever sending their kids to public school in order to try to evangelize the public school systems. That isn't mm-hmm. the primary motive for almost anyone. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. A, d- just just as a side note, you know, mo- probably like ninety nine percent of all of those 
people that I, I heard, you know, say that like their kids never were, never were they, big they ne- mission, you know, missionaries in the way that you would, you, in the way that you would send a missionary to Africa or something. They the were never that, and the parents never aren't. even close. The kids aren't and the parents aren't. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like no one's sharing the gospel to anyone. Okay. So like, that's not what it's about. That's just what I'm trying to say is that's the thing you latch on to, to try to sink, like, because that sounds spiritual. Does that make sense? Yeah. It sounds selfless. Yeah, so that's the argument that someone came up with that now is being used in service of something else. And so there's other reasons why kids, like parents, are sending their kids to public school. And it's not, like, that isn't the real reason. That's just the thing that's being thrown out as a justification for it, so to speak, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, re- registering that, and we could talk about, you know, why that's the case. But then, like, leaving that aside, though, um, you know, as an argument, I, I remember... Um, at one of the Q and A's that John MacArthur had at his church, he, he periodically would have question and answers in the congregation, and um, I like to listen to those. I'm always interested in Q and A kind of stuff in general. But um, a, a guy came up to him at one of these, and he was like, "I, you know, every time anyone asks you a question about, um, you always give them a Bible verse." And so what I'm I've been trying to do, and I've been thinking about this for weeks, is to try to ask you a question that um like you can't just appeal to the bible about i just want to get your opinion on something that uh, doesn't have a bible verse to appeal to so to speak or whatever and the question he asked was you know what is the weakest part of grace community church right so he's trying to get a subjective answer about like what is the weakest part of our church do you think you know and so um you know macarthur the, wait, yeah. hang on. That's the question that he thought MacArthur was not going to give a Bible verse on? Yeah, yeah that was the question he thought. Because <laughs> he was trying to give like a subjective, what is your opinion of the weakest area of our church kind of thing. And, you know, MacArthur's answer to that was to go to the Bible, you know? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, f- I feel like that that's like a pretty easy thing to do, actually. <laughs> well, the, what he said was essentially like the weakest part of any church is the new believers. <laughs> Right. So the weakest, like, so the weakest, you know, weakest part of our church are just the new Christians that are in our church. Like, they're the weakest area in our church because they don't know enough of the truth in order to, like, uh, and they're the most in danger of being, um, you know, influenced by false teachers. And they're they're not ready for the spiritual meat yet. They still got to be on the spiritual mill. Right. 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 So, (laughs) Bible verse. Yeah. Passages like that. And so, like they're most in danger of false teachers and being deceived. They're most in danger. Like they're the most, uh, you know, can cause the most damage because they don't know enough yet, right? So that's the weakest area of our church. And so, um, but I mean that, like, if you think about it that way, I mean, like, who's the weakest spiritually in your family? Oh, the kids. I mean, the kids by far. By I mean, far, the kids. By far, the kids. Like, it's your job to, you know, bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. And you know, like your kids are like they know. Like of everyone in your family, they know the less that there is to know. I mean, like, you know, supposedly, you know, if you've been reading your Bible faithfully for, you know, the past 30 years or whatever, I mean, you should know. This yeah, thing hopefully your kids know more. I mean, hopefully you know more than your kids about the yeah, Bible. Yeah, I mean, hopefully you do. And hopefully there's a vast chasm of difference in knowledge, you know. And so then you're taking like kids and you're saying like who, you know, functionally, you know, at very early, early ages, I mean, you're going into the public school system at four or five years old, you know. And you're taking four or five year olds and like who have never read the Bible for themselves once, you know, and you're you're throwing them to the lions, you're throwing them to adults who you know have um, 
all the tools at their disposal have thought about all these things about ways to bash God for years. And you're basically saying, all right, you know, here you are. You're going to, you know, fundamentally stand, you know, you're going to be that, um, you know, one of the, you know, 300 soldiers or whatever standing against the enemy army or something. It's just like, it's, it's absurd, man. Like they're not like, and like, I think evidence, you know, all the evidence that you can see points to the fact that, you know, that student, a uh, disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone when he's fully trained will be just as like, just like his teacher. And, you know, I think the public school system is winning, you know, and they're failing, but I mean, it should, it shouldn't be shocking. This is a dumb idea, you know, particularly, I mean, I think it, it could make a kind of sense when you're living in a world that is like an Andy Griffith kind of world, you know what I mean? where um, everyone still pretends to be Christian and still mm. shares a lot of your Christian values. But when you're at your, when you're living in a world like ours, where like the rebellion against God has reached the levels that it has reached. I mean, they're just lambs to the slaughter, man. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Not only are you thinking about um, just differences in terms of knowledge when it comes to like, kids versus adults but then you're also you've also got to factor in like the the social pressures that come with sharing the gospel consistently i mean like right. that's even a thing for adults i don't i mean most adults in the christian church are not sharing the gospel and it's it's probably for those two reasons as well like hey i feel like i don't know enough and you know there's you know they're what are they going to think of me and right. I think that I think that's part of why the whole like um, evangelism through through friendship has become so popular is because you want to try and like negate the social impact of of sharing the or the you know the way people will view you when you share the gospel consistently over and over again, um, and so so thinking about the fact that really adults don't even do that. Um, <clears throat> They, they don't share the gospel very often in general. Not only do you, like, so you've got adults thinking that way, and then you're saying, hey, I'm sending my kids to, to school to do the thing that I don't ever do. And I expect, right. uh, you know, I don't think they actually expect their kids to do it. I don't know of anyone who had parents who, when they came home from school, their parents were like, all right, tell me. Who would you share the gospel with today? <laughs> yeah, well, that's, I mean, you know, they, they, you know, they don't know how to do it. They've never seen it being modeled. They've never seen it being done. But even if they did, they, they don't know. Like the issue is like, like you can, like you're, the, the kid doesn't know enough about the Bible. He doesn't know about enough about the subjects that he's being taught to even know where the different, where the areas of disagreement are, you know? And so, mm-hmm. And the, and even the, even in high school, do you think even in high school, like sixteen year olds, seventeen year old, eighteen year olds? Yeah, I mean, I think at a certain point, you know, if if you were to that argue, kind of argument might make sense if you're, you know, if you were homeschooled or in a private school for years and years of your life, and you have been thoroughly catechized into a Christian worldview, you've had like very active like parents who have. You know, it very intentionally trained you for a long period of time, you know, in order to evaluate with, I mean, like if you're in the kind of situation where you literally had a parent who is basically, you know, 
walking you through the kind of things that you're going to learn in public school in a very intentional way for years and years and years and preparing you to respond to those in a helpful way. I think, you know, at that point and then your last few years of high school or something, you can live that out, so to speak. Like, I think at the very best, in the very best kind of scenario, like that's never happening. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> like that is not like that kind of situation is not like if, if anyone wants to use that as a, the counter example, like that's just not happening. Yeah. That's like a one in show me the person who's yeah, doing that's that. That's a one in, you know, uh, 10 million situation that we're talking about, you know, if that, you know, mm-hmm. so like that's not what's happening. But even in that kind of scenario, you know, kids have never been like, you're not going to like, the system is rigged against them that you're not going to be like some kind of massive effective, you know, change agent within society in that way. Like the trajectory is set, you know, okay. Mm-hmm. Like meaning like, you know, if you want to be the kid who's standing up in the class, disagreeing with your atheist professor, your grades are probably going to suffer. Right. And then, mm-hmm. you know, and then you're going to be socially ostracized and you know, whatever I can, that's fine. You know, but I mean, I just, like, I, I don't know like what, what is the scenario where that triumphant brave kid you know, stood against the system and won, you know, like that isn't really how it works. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. So at the best, like in the best case scenario, you just, you know, you, um, you've been prepared to interact with the pagans and you survive, you know, but is that like, what, what, what was the good that came from that? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Especially now yeah, thinking maybe. about all the, all of the, the different ideas that they're trying to teach as truth right. and that, Things you know, the things that they're trying to say are good when right. they're when they're abominations, basically. Sure. sure. Um, so, okay. With all that being said, we, yeah, you mentioned something earlier, and I, I wanted to come back and ask it. So, um, well, there's there's two different things you mentioned that I want to I want to come back to. Um, but this first one is when it when it comes to this conversation of public school, uh, what exactly? So, so we've we've talked about how it how harmful it is for the child, right? Um, but then, what what does it mean for you know the parent who is willingly sending their kid off to public school? Like, are we saying this is like is this in a sin category or is this in an unwise category? Uh, you know, is it unloving? Is that what we're saying? What exactly are we saying in terms of um, what it means for the like? How the how parents uh, should view sending a, a sending a kid to public school? Yeah, I I think <laughs> the last thing you want to do is come up with a new command that the Bible doesn't give, right? Right, right. So you know, but over and over again, as you read through the law, one of the things you're going to find is, "Do not add to my words, or do not take away from my words." And so, I think a lot of individuals for many years have been nervous to basically say, "Well, sending your kids to public school is sin," because you know. And, and what they're doing at that point is they're essentially just saying, well, the Bible doesn't say thou shalt not send your kids to public school. So, you know, like, like we don't want to invent a command. And I think that that's been persuasive for many. But then obviously, I mean, you look at the Bible and you like there's plenty of things that there's plenty of ways that you can violate the Bible in modern ways that you don't have a specific command for. So you, you do have to think, like, are there sins of omission and are there sins of commission or you know, I mean, just like thinking about modern equivalents, like, uh, um, you know, the Bible never mentions that it's wrong to, you know, smoke marijuana or something like that. Well, is that, 
sufficient, you know, just because the Bible doesn't mention this modern thing that we're doing right now, does mm-hmm. that mean that it doesn't address the subject? Are there commands and principles in the Bible that would necessarily be violated if you, you know, are get high on, you know, weed? You know, what, like, and I think most people have some intuition to say that it does. And so, same thing with, like, porn use or things like that. There isn't... Um, like you, you have to think about the actual commands and principles of Scripture. And so I think a lot of people for many years have been have wanted particularly to put this topic in a wisdom category. And re, the reason, or in, in a wisdom category that, you know, for the most part, it's just off limits, don't really take a hard stance on it. And I understand why that's the case, because in some ways, like, like there's not, um, you know, how much, like if you're just going to ask the question in the abstract, you know, is it a sin to listen to pagans who are trying to turn you into a pagan? Well, the issue is like it's inescapable. It's like it's an inescapable concept, right? You're living in a world right. that's trying to brainwash you, and you're going to have to like you can either just like become an Amish person, or you can try to helpfully engage in some way. And so, like, it's not a matter of like whether it's sin. It's a matter of I mean, it's not it's not a matter of like are you going to have like be influenced by pagans trying to mold your worldview. It's a matter of like, what is the wisest way to live in a fallen world where you're surrounded by pagans who are trying to brainwash you, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, I, I mean, yeah, I, I, I hear that. But then at the same time, like the issue is the Bible does give a lot of commands that and principles that are relevant, right? So Psalm 1, you know, blessed is man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor sit in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scoffers, right? Mm-hmm. So blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Like, well, that's a principle that we should be thinking about, right? If you want to be blessed in your life, you don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Well, what do you call it when you are sending your kids to be to walk in the counsel of the ungodly for you know, seven hours a day, you know, what, what, whatever it is that a standard public education system, like they're surrounded by the ungodly, you know, they have, they're sur- like, you know, the Bible tells us about like the importance of, you, you know, who your friends are. So whoever walks with the wise will become wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. Like, you know, you're putting your kids to be surrounded by the, the foolish of the world, right? And not mm-hmm. only to be surrounded by them, to, but to authoritatively submit themselves to their, teachers right who are the counsel of the wicked uh so you know you think about that uh, but then you think about the positive instruction of the parent at that point i mean think about something like deuteronomy 6 right hero israel lord our god the lord is one you shall love the lord your god with all your heart with all your soul with all your might and these words that i command you today shall be in your heart you shall teach them diligently to your children you shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk along the way, when you lie down, when you rise. You shall bind them on your hands as a sign, and they shall be as frontless between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. So, I mean, you, like, we're told to teach diligently to our kids the Bible, and then we're told to train up a child the way that they should go, and when they're older, they will not depart. And so, you, like, you think about all these things together, like a parent, it's a parent's job to t- train up their kid in the way that they should go, and like... You know, you have all these principles of wisdom that essentially says a companion of fools will end up suffering harm and, you know, a uh, disciple's not above his teacher, but when he's fully trained, he'll be like his teacher. So you have, I, I think you have a lot in the Bible that says it's a parent's job to ensure that their child is brought up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So don't provoke your children to wrath. Bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the world. And then if you're going to hand your children over to 
you know, be taught like, and submit in an authoritative way to individuals who are trying to corrupt their worldview. At a certain point, I think it just, um, like, you can say, hey, this is, like, uh, very, very foolish, right? So, like, at the very least, like, if we were to make a modest statement on it, it is becoming increasingly on a trajectory much more foolish than it ever was at any time in, in history, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, it, you know, if you can imagine, like, it was pretty foolish when I was a kid, you know, and now it's, like, just you know, bafflingly, mind-lovingly, stupidly foolish, right? And at a certain point, it just, it is a reflection of an abandonment of your basic responsibilities as a parent, right? Mm-hmm. And now, whether or not it is that right now, in every case, I would say it's hard to imagine it's not, okay? Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's hard to, like, imagine at this point that we're not talking about utter and adject, like, folly and stupidity to the point of sinful neglect of the basic responsibilities of parenthood that you have. Like, it's, it's difficult to imagine that that's not what we're saying you know, but uh, at the very, you know, at the in, in, in a minimum, it's just catastrophically dumb, you know? Mm-hmm. So, now, I mean, I can imagine, like, you know, the case of, you know, and everyone likes to bring up the case of, like, the single mother or something like that, right? Like, what do you do if you're a single mother? And, you know, I, I just, I think that's kind of, um, it's a cheap move <laughs> because your sympathies go out to the single mother, but then, like, you know, most, like, like, what are we talking about when we're talking about the single mother at that point? Are you talking about the woman whose husband, uh, you know, like the, the woman who like was in a good marriage and like her husband died and, you know, he didn't have any life insurance or something like that. That's not what's the standard run of the middle case. And so I think there are problems that come like from like, I mean, the vast majority of, you know, single mothers that we're talking about in these kind of scenarios are probably not getting divorced for biblical reasons they're getting divorced for unbiblical reasons and one of the consequences to that is that now they're going to have to provide for themselves or you know they didn't make a wise choice at some point and so i'm not commenting on every one of those situations i mean sometimes a guy's a scoundrel and he leaves sometimes a girl's a scoundrel and she takes the kids you know but like like you can't just look at this as a category to sanctify everything you know (laughs) you can't just take this one category of a hard situation and then basically turn that into an entire justification for anyone who wants to send their kids over to the wolves in general. But, you know, like, I, I think, yeah, like in the vast majority of these single mother scenarios, like they, uh, they're probably not just, you know, neither one is like some purely innocent party. And then there are consequences to certain actions that maybe now, you know, you're in a situation where like Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, you have to, you're, like you have no choice but to let your kids be raised by the pagans and hope for the best, right? Mm-hmm. You know, if you're a godly person in that situation that was legitimately been abandoned by an unbeliever, then my sympathies go out for you, and you have to do whatever you have to do in order to put a roof over your head in that kind of situation. And you know, without wading into all that, like, so I wouldn't want to say that categorically it's always an act of defiance in every single case, but then. Vast majority of people are not in that situation. That's the point. I mean, the vast, like what it is is like you know you're living in our, like right now the standard you know expectation that people have in our society right now is you start off marriage with like a double income no kid kind of perspective, 
uh, on how you're going to run your home. So no one's taking on certain, like, like you don't have like a husband taking on the role of provider in any absolute way. You don't have wives taking on the role of being a homemaker in any absolute way. So you start off marriage, like, you know, living beyond your means, like getting yourself in some financial arrangement that requires two incomes. And then you're kind of stuck, right? And so then what happens is you add a kid, you add two kids onto that kind of mix and everything just gets more expensive. And at no point do you just, Stop it, you know, stop the madness and say, we're just going to, you know. Downsize a little bit. Downsize, like we're just going to, you know, uh, be tight. You know, we're just going to trust the Lord. And so what happens is you have people who are trapped in this two income kind of things. And then they're of necessity. And at any point they could just, you know, trust the Lord and downsize and get rid of the second car and make sacrifices necessary to do it. You know, and I'm not trying to say that that's simple at times, but. God will bless you. And, you know, I'm, my life is a testimony to saying, well, we're just going to suffer financially because we're going to make this work, you know, <laughs> so mm-hmm. with God's help, you know, but the, the issue is when you're trapped in that kind of arrangement, then you're handing your kids over. And I mean, I think the standard Christian in America today is basically they never have devotions. They never talk about, they're not teaching their kids about the Bible at all. You know, they're just two income families who both of them have been convinced they have to work then, you know, their kids are going to public school like, and be, to be raised by the pagans and their parents never talk to them about the Bible at all. And even if they did, I mean, you're not, you don't have as much time as the pagans are going to have, right? Mm-hmm. So you're being outnumbered like you're one hour a day compared to their seven hour a day. You're fighting a losing project, but you're not even doing the one hour a day. And then it's just like, you know, when they come home, your kids are screen addicts, you're a screen addict. And then, you know, you're basically at that point, you know, Sending up, you're going to a church, you know, uh, sending them off to youth group and hoping that the, you know, your immature youth pastor guy will entertain them enough and to like uh, the Bible and fix everything that you're not teaching them, right? Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, I mean, at that point, it's just like, well, whatever, whatever this is all about, okay? This is like, this is, you know, wherever you want to locate the sin, there's a lot of sin there, you know? <laughs> so, you know, like and, and it's it's just it's just such a big comprehensive mess of sin that at this point you know it's just like I, we're not even talking about like some kind of hypothetical situation of what do you do if you're in Nazi Germany and if you don't send your kids to public school you know you're going to end up in a concentration camp kind of situation like we're in a situation right now where just like it, you still have the freedom to not send your kids to be brainwashed by the pagans and mm-hmm. and if you do like if you do send them to be brainwashed by the pagans and they end up like not wanting to get married you know when they get out of college because you know your goals for them in their life is that they you know be successful and you know you're actively a person who's discouraging them to get married and start a family because you want them to have an easy financial life and you know what if they end up just like you know, instead of getting married, get a pet, you know, and delay marriage until they're 30, you know, and then finally they get married and then they buy another pet, you know, instead of having kids and you never have grandkids and, you know, or even if they never get married and they end up turning out to be like one of the alphabet soup kind of people, like that's your fault, man, <laughs> you know, like you're to blame for that. And, and so like it, it, it wasn't like you made such a sinful, stupid, simply unwise, unwise, you know, sinful stupid choice however you want to put it that you do right. bear, bear some responsibility yeah i think it, i think it's um maybe it's doug wilson i can't remember for sure but i know there's someone out there who who i've seen 
say, you know, atheists are made in the home, basically, and and what's being communicated there is this idea that um, that parents are not doing the things that they need to do in order to uh, raise up children who fear God, right? And so, oh. so what are they? So, so what are they doing? Well, well, they're not. You know, what, here's what they're not doing. They're not having you know family worship time, right? Which before I got married, I didn't even know that that was a thing that anyone who was a Christian was supposed to be doing. I, you know, I'm I'm not going to speak to my Christian friends growing up and whether or not their families did. I, I never heard about it, but I don't, you know, I don't know for sure that it wasn't happening. Um, uh, but, but uh, when I got married, you know that that was all of a sudden something that I had to do. And I, I didn't even, even just as, as, uh, you know, husband and wife, we had to do that. And I had no idea, uh, what I was doing and I, what, you know, I wasn't very committed to it for a long time. And, and so you have people who are not committed to, um, having that type of worship time. They're not really committed to even reading the Bible for themselves, uh, let alone reading it, you know, to their kids and encouraging their kids to, read and study the bible regularly they're not singing together um mo- you know most christian families are not attending church regularly and even beyond that they're not involved um in a significant way in their local church meaning you don't you know uh, so i'm not talking about the people who go to church on sunday morning for an hour and then leave i'm talking about you know uh, involvement throughout the week with your church, spending time uh, with your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ who are a part of your local church outside of Sunday and Wednesday, serving your brothers and sisters in Christ. There's like, there's not a lot of that going on. And then on top of that, you know, you're sending them. Uh, you, oh, and you're what you're you, the things you're watching are not uh, typically edifying in any sort of way to uh, to God. Not you know, not necessarily to say that there's any issue with watching secular stuff, but then if that's all you're ever watching, and I know we've talked about this before as well, if that's all you're ever watching, and you know you're not doing those other things that I've already mentioned, and you're sending your kids to a public institution that actively hates God, I mean they do whether whether people want to admit that or not, they do hate God, um, then you know I don't know. I don't know who else is to blame then at that point. If you're doing all of those, it's one thing, it, you know, it's one thing to attempt a lot of those different things. And then, and then, um, you know, a child, a child of yours still reject God for some reason, but then to, to not be doing any of those things and then sending them off to a public education system that hates God. Like, I don't know. I don't know who else to blame at that point besides the parents. Right. I mean, you could just go to a standard liberal arts college in America today and just see, like, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I, my experience going to, you know, different schools, like, you know, I went to a university, I went to a smaller liberal arts college as well. But then, like, you know, look at the vast majority of people that are inhabiting this university and I w- they're not the kind of people that I would want to marry. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Like, they're not the kind of people that, like, just, I mean, just go back to your own experience. Like, are they, they the kind of people who are strong Christians who are trying to encourage you to be more like Christ? Like, no. I mean, no. not, not <laughs> at all. Like, I mean, that's not the, I mean, those are, you know, um, like a needle on a haystack kind of people. And so, 
Like the issue though is that, you know, if you yourself have experienced a radical transformation in your life, like, I mean, I'm very different now by God's grace than I used to be growing up. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so like the, the issue is like, I've, I've, uh, when God saved me, I, my priorities, my values are radically different. But when I look at the standard public school kid, like I, I know where that's coming from. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I know that there's this vast chasm of difference between the way I think and the way they think. And, you know, when I look at my kids, I've tried to, I mean, we've homeschooled our kids. Uh, I mean, I think if there was like a great private school option that didn't cost an arm and a leg, we may consider that as well. But like we've tried to homeschool our kids, but I mean, there's a very big difference between our kids and your standard public school kids. And, and, you know, I, like it's, if, if you're trying to, you know, teach your kids to, you know, what it means to be a Christian, what it means to follow the Lord. And like, there's a path to get them to act just like secular pagan worldly people. That's pretty obvious, you know, it's an obvious kind of path, you know? Uh, And, and, you know, I mean, if you just, I mean, I, I think if we would just like, you know, turn them loose and say, all right, you know, I know how they would end up, you know, and it's not, it's not shocking how it works. And so, you know, whether or not it's like, um, absolutely, a sin in all times and all places. I don't really think that's the question that should be asked. I think the question, the primary question that, that we're trying to ask is right now in this moment for the vast majority of people, you know, are they taking responsibility to, you know, train up their child in the way they should go when they're older, they won't depart. You know, are they uh, teaching the law diligently to their kids? Are they, are you ensuring that your kids are brought up in a disciplined instruction of the Lord? Are you, are you just handing them over to be the companion of fools, right? And to be authoritatively place themselves under the counsel of the wicked. And I think we know what's happening. You know, I, I think we know that we're just embracing folly to our shame and the results of it are, are very obvious what, what's happening with that. Yeah. Uh, but, but I think part of it too is just like, um, in general, a lot of this should cause us to rethink what we're doing with the edu- with education in general. You know, I think like the education system is flawed in ways that are beyond just how secular it's become. I mean, you can go to college and like for many years, it's like if you just go to college and you get a degree, then like you can't get a good job without going to college and get a degree. But right now, like I mean, like there's been plenty of people who've spent, you know, $50,000 going to get a general public education degree only to find that there are no job opportunities available because they didn't learn absolutely anything, you know, mm-hmm. and the public education system in general is a joke. I mean, I just, I mean, I, I was educated in the public education system and it was so bored that I slept through class. I was so boring that I slept through my classes and my teachers would let me because I got A's on all my tests by sleeping, <laughs> you know? Uh-huh. And so, I mean, it's just a joke. I mean, like, again, in terms of, I didn't, you know, the vast majority of stuff you learn is not going to be useful to you in any area of life at all whatsoever, you know? So it's a joke of an education system in general. And I, I think, uh, you know, there, uh, there's a lot of people who are rethinking the whole, like, what was the value of this whole experiment in general kind of thing? I mean, you could just go to a trade school and go, you know, like if I would have went, it, it, like, if I would have went to trade school and got a coding job or something like that, or just, I wouldn't even have to go to trade school. I just learned to code on my own. I could probably make three times what I make right now, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. With, and so I, there are opportunities now that. Or uh, even just welding or um, carpentry yeah. or yep. whatever. I mean, you're going to make a 
a pretty good living on that, especially right now. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that, that, uh, in general, you do have to think, is this like, like for many years, you've just been taught that you're a failure or you're a worthless loser. If you don't like go through the whole public education system and you're going to fail at life. But I think there's many people who come to the end of the public education system now and realize it didn't deliver what it was advertised to deliver, you know, particularly in a world that is rapidly changing in the way that it is right now. And so we, we may need to think through, things along those lines as well you know what is the best stewardship of uh, of our time and you know how how are we going to educate our kids and and there's obviously no command of the bible to send your kid to public school either right so you know there's like yeah. the, the burden of proof is not on the individual to say like honestly and this is where the discussion needs to go there's not the burden of proof is not on the christian parent to make a case from the bible as to why it's wrong to send your kids to public school. The burden of proof is to the Christian trying to make the case that we must send our kids to public school. Does that Mm -hmm. make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Like where in the Bible does it tell me as a parent that it's my, I'm morally mandated to let my kids be brainwashed seven hours a day by pagans. And that's a case that's harder to make. Does that Mm -hmm. make sense? Yeah. So you make the case why it's okay. I'm trying to think of a, I'm trying to think of a, um, any passage that but the only thing you about- can do is like when you know you're li- when you're Daniel Shadrach Meshach and Abednego living in Babylon after your entire people have been conquered and you've been enslaved and you're forced to be taught the literature and the language of the Chaldeans. Well, at that point, do you go along with it or do you like try to kill yourself or something like that? Right. Mm-hmm. Well, but that's not the scenario. This is a voluntary <laughs> like you're voluntarily enslaving yourself to the pagans at this point. And then you have to ask, well, what you make the case. Don't ask me to make the case. You make the case for why it's OK. Right, burden the proof is on you. I don't accept it. Mm-hmm. So, in your opinion, um, is homeschool like the the uh, better alternative to public education? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. That that's a more complicated subject because I don't. I mean, I I don't know that you know. Like homeschool could be a wonderful thing if you have, you know, uh, mature Christians who are devoting themselves to, you know, mature, responsible Christians who are devoting themselves to, you know, doing what Deuteronomy 6.4 says, bring your children up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. And there are a lot of resources out there right now to make it easier, you know, to fill in the gaps where you're insufficient. And so I think that that's a great option that could be pursued. Um, there, I mean, the reality is that not everyone has the character needed or the discipline needed to do it well. Uh, and, and, you know, sometimes it's just a matter of education. You know, sometimes people don't have, like, the education needed to do it well. So, you know, I, I think there is, there's not um, – like it, it, it's, it's difficult to answer in just some simplistic kind of way. I mean, at the same time, it's just like if you're – you know, if your choices were, like um, – between like if all you had was just um if if you were in a situation where your wife does not feel qualified or competent or is doesn't have the discipline to do it and you're you're looking at a situation where they're going to get very poorly educated at home or they're going to get brainwashed by the pagans i don't know that (laughs) i don't know that you know, being poorly educated at home would be the worst kind of thing right? You know, right. in that way. Yeah. You know, so I don't, it's not entirely clear to me that that's uh, a worse solution than the, 
they'd just be turned into atheist rainbow people, you know, who, um, you know, so I, I, so there's that, but then, um, you know, I, I think part of, you know, part of this is related to your placement in the country and other factors like that too. But, you know, I, I think homeschooling is to be preferred, you know, if you have someone who is totally just unwilling, unable to take that on, I think a private school option would be a much better option. I wish a lot of, you know, Christians would band together and figure out ways to pull, pull, uh, education and experience and background and knowledge to make some of those things, uh, happening. I do think we're going to, I think if we would just turn away from this religious devotion to the pagan education system, we would, we would get more creative as far as that goes. And so, you know, it's hard to say, I, I, in terms of just some kind of, um, it's hard to say beyond just public education is bad. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just like, it's obviously just like, it's an, like at this point, I, you know, I wouldn't want to send my dog to the public school system at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. You know, like in, I mean, like in general, in general, you know, I think if you train your kid up from a very young age to, you know, be responsible and know, I would want to like exercise caution even in you know what higher education they're going to pursue and make sure that they're pursuing something that or encourage them at the very least to pursue something that would actually give them a career path and not just you know some university experience kind of thing but okay yeah I mean I think you know, it, it's just a harder you you probably want to answer that one more on a case by case basis what are you looking at what are you talking about you know kind okay of thing. um well is there anything that you want to say or or anything that maybe I didn't touch on before we end the episode. Yeah, no, I, I, um, I think that yeah, there's a. I, I think my overall perspective of the conversation in general is that at this moment in history, when you understand the forces that are at work within our society in general, uh, you know, we really do need like Christians to wake up and quit. You know, be. Um, essentially uh, breeding stock for the pagans and that's what we are (laughs) so instead of taking on our responsibility to train up our children in the way that they should go like what we're doing is we're we're essentially breeding cows for the secular left and you know at some point somewhere along the line we have to wake up and understand that like hey you know you want to change our culture change our society quit giving your kids over the pagans to be brainwashed by them you know and that's what i wish we would do okay all right. Well, I think that's a good place to um, wrap up the episode on. Hope, um, hopefully, you've you've learned something about this. I know, being someone who was a part of the public education system myself, it definitely slanted my view, um, and and real really in ways that uh, I I did I did not realize it would until much later in life. Um, uh, and it, it kind of did. I mean, in a sense, in a sense, they really are. Uh, uh, you know, brainwashing, if you want to call it that. I think, I think pretty much we've talked about this too on the episode. Pretty much any kind of education is going to be, you know, some form of of brainwashing. Um, and and public education is no different. They, uh, I mean, it's presented as a secular um, type of education. It's not meant to uh, teach anything about God or Christianity. And it, and in doing that, in pursuing that, they actively leave out um, all traces of God um, and and spiritual anything. So, uh, so hopefully, you know, this conversation 
can can be something that that helps you guys out there listening to realize that or or even just confirm you know if you're already thinking this way uh, or you've been seeing people talking online this way about the issues with public education then um, you know part of why we want to have these conversations is to encourage people who are already thinking this way and, and and you know basically trying to tell you hey you're not crazy you're, you're just you're just seeing things for what they are right now um uh and so so we want these we want these types of conversations to be encouraging for you and equipping equipping you um to be able to lead your family well um raise your children well especially with something like this so so we hope you are encouraged um and we thank you for all the support you guys give week in and week out And we look forward to having you on the next one. This has been another episode of Bible Bashed. We hope you have been encouraged and blessed through our discussion. We thank you for all your support and ask you to continue to like and subscribe to Bible Bashed and share our podcast with your friends and on social media. Please reach out to us with your questions, pushback, and potential topics for us to discuss in future episodes at BibleBashedPodcast at gmail.com and consider supporting us through Patreon. If you would like to be Bible bashed personally, then please know that we also offer free biblical counseling, which you can take advantage of by emailing us. Now, go boldly and obey the truth in the midst of a biblically illiterate world who will be perpetually offended by your every move.